0: Good evening, it's good to be back with you <clears throat> on this uh, Wednesday evening, April the 8th, and uh, we thank the Lord for this opportunity to study through His Word. If you have your Bibles, we'll be in Romans chapter number 8, and we'll start uh, uh, the 8th chapter as we work our way through uh, the book of Romans, and the 8th, ninth, 10th, and 11th chapter will probably be uh, multi-part, <clears throat> two if not three parts probably each chapter, so it's going to take our uh, time as we work through it, but we we want to treat the uh, treat the scripture fairly, just and right, and uh, certainly pay attention to what it's telling us, and we can talk <clears throat> a, a lot of things, and I encourage you to go back, not just take what we said, but uh, go back and study the scripture for yourself, but um, Romans chapter number 8 and uh, verse number 1 will probably only read uh through verse number 17 tonight and then we'll pick up with verse number 18 uh when we get back into this next week but uh, let's go to the lord and pray our father we thank you lord for this day we thank you for this privilege honor and opportunity to approach Thy throne of grace we thank you lord for your uh holy spirit we thank you for your perfectness we thank you lord for uh the touch of the holy ghost we thank you most of all uh, Father, that we are saved, born again, and a child of the King. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your precious Word. We pray, God, that you bless it, uh, open it in our hearts and in our minds, Lord, that we would uh, deal with it, God, as you have written it, Lord, and give us utterance of the Spirit. God, as we try and, and uh, read this and teach our way through it tonight, God, give us uh, utterance of tongue, give us, I pray, uh, Father, ears to hear, and a heart to uh, to listen, Lord Jesus, that we would uh, be able to do thy perfect divine will. Bless those, God, uh, that would listen tonight, wherever they may be. I pray, Heavenly you, watch over them, keep them, care for them, watch over us. We'll thank you and we'll praise you, certainly, for what you do, if we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans chapter number 8, we'll start reading in verse number 1. Like I said, we'll read through verse number 17 tonight, Um, and then we'll... Uh, probably stop there. We're probably going to go to the third chapter of the book of Galatians almost immediately. So um, if you want to stick your finger in that place in the scripture, we'll be headed that way in just a few minutes. But in Romans chapter number eight, verse number one, the scripture says there is therefore now no condemnation uh, to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus have made me free from the law of sin and death. What the law cannot do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. <clears throat> for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they uh, that are in the flesh cannot please God, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If So be that the spirit of God dwell in you. <clears throat> now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the Spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the Spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, and heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may uh, that we may be also glorified together. And as we uh, <clears throat> look at this right here, um, we uh, will start back over and we'll just start working our way through in verse number one. But we certainly love these first <clears throat> six verses. <clears throat> And the eighth chapter, just in and of itself, uh, is precious and uh, is, is amazing um, for the truths that it teaches us. But we do this every week as we begin. We, we want to remind ourselves and put ourselves in context of what we studied last week uh, in the seventh chapter of the book of Romans. And so when we get through the seventh chapter of the book of Romans, uh, just pretty much in its entirety, it's telling us uh, of the place uh, that Paul, uh, he, he contrasts um, the body of Christ uh, to be married uh, to another, even as him who raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God, as we read in the fourth verse of the seventh chapter. So he, he, he draws this contrast uh, between uh, the fleshly man and the spiritual man. Uh, he talks about us uh, dying, to the, uh, dying uh, to the law through the body of Christ uh, of the law. Uh, And so we understand that. And then we talked about a great length last week. we studied through verse number nine when he talks about I was alive without the law once. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And that commandment, which was ordained to life, I found to be to death. And so we get into this uh, in the book of Romans is very judicial and it's very uh, he he draws a, a lot of parallels between and he's. Bringing the the, top, the topology of Christ, and he's showing uh, in fullness the Old Testament that was concealed, the gospel that was concealed, uh, and and I say that that uh, uh, the gospel was concealed, not that it was hidden, uh, but people just didn't have the the fullness and the finality of the gospel that they were uh, had the ability and the privilege to hear. Um, but he takes. Uh, that gospel revealed, and now he see, Now we're looking at it through the eyes of Christ, and we see the revelation of our Savior, Jesus Christ. But Paul, as he begins to work his way through the latter part of the book of uh, Romans in the seventh chapter, he begins to draw the contrast between uh, him uh, and the way that he used to be and the way that he was, uh, Prior to his conversion and the witness of his conscience, how he was, how he was carnal, how he was sold under sin, as the Bible says in verse number 14. And then we see this contrast in verse number 25, and he brings back, or verse 24 and 25, he said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through uh, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then uh, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And this is just a continuation. We don't need to stop our train of thought in in chapter number seven and then start again in verse number eight. So as we read this as a fluid letter, as Paul intended uh, for it to be read, he said, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but the, but, uh, the flesh, the law
1: of sin. Then he gets into 8 and he says there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit and so here we see there is therefore now no none absolute zero condemnation to those who are in Jesus Christ and that is a specific language that we need to bear down on and we need to praise the lord uh, that there is there's the penalty of sin as we've discussed at great length and i apologize uh, to, that i keep making reference to the third chapter of the book of romans but when we see the the legal justification that was the, the through the imputation of the righteousness of christ and therefore, because we are justified through his imputed righteousness, because Christ is our propiti- uh, propitiatory sacrifice, and he is the place of our mercy. So that gives us confidence. This is what Paul is writing to us about. There's no more condemnation. We have no fear of hell. We have no fear of death. We have no fear of eternal separation because we have been legally justified through the shed blood of our savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. So listen, Uh, We see here in the scripture that uh, the only prerequisite for not having condemnation is that we must be in Christ Jesus. We must be in Christ Jesus. Now we see this uh, written as he wrote the uh, the letter to the uh, church at Ephesus in the first chapter. Uh, If you read the first chapter uh, and slow down and read it for what it says, uh, it talks about those that are in Christ and over 11 times in the first chapter, he makes reference to being in Christ. Uh, and we're going to uh, use that as a segue as we get into this right here, because we must be in Christ We we don't walk after the flesh but we walk after the Spirit. So uh, listen, that is the privilege that we have in today. The Bible tells us in the uh, in the book of Hebrews, it said that the Old Testament saints that they desired uh, to look into the salvation which we now obtain. And why do they dev- desire to look into those things? Is because we have the indwelling of the Spirit. We don't operate anymore through a prophet or a priest or a king, for the Bible tells us that because the residency of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, in the indwelling of the third person of the Godhead, He has made us kings, priests, and prophets unto God. So therefore, listen, the Bible tells us that there's one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says in First Timothy. So we understand that there's a mediator that stands between fallen man and a holy and a righteous God, but through the imputation of righteousness, through the declaration of justification, through the propitiation Uh, and through the uh, process of sanctification, there is no therefore now no more condemnation. And because there's no condemnation, we can take joy and pleasure in the fact that we have the indwelling third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. And because we possess and have these things, it leads us, the Bible tells us, in all truths, paths, and ways of righteousness for his namesake. The Bible says in verse number two, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, amen, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me me free from the law of sin and death. And so now we see this contrast. We see the law of the spirit of life in contrast with the law of sin and death. What brought sin and death? Uh, Listen, well, sin brought death. We see that uh, presented to us in the garden when Adam and Eve fell we see that a fleshly death along with a spiritual death therefore now reside, uh, resided upon them. And because of our inherited uh, uh, sinful nature that we receive from our greatest uh, father, Adam, uh, listen, we therefore also obtain that inherited sin, not inherited guilt. We are not guilty of Adam's sin, but therefore we have a bend and an inclination towards sin because Adam transgressed and when he fell in the garden, uh, listen, uh, the Bible tells us that there was separation, that there was enmity that the, we read about over here, that enmity was placed between God and man because God cannot look upon sin. So the Bible tells us because God cannot look upon sin, therefore we have to be declared righteous, and the only way that we can be declared righteous is to be justified, the only way that we can be justified is to receive the imputed righteousness of our Savior, the Lord Jesus. And the only way that we can do that is believe and meet the terms of the gospel. If you come with a broken and a contrite spirit, if we confess the Lord Jesus with our mouth, if we believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, the Bible said that we should be saved. Uh, Friends, listen, and we don't need to read anything else into what the scripture says. That's the That is the terms and and the message of the gospel of our Savior Jesus. If you're going to get saved, that's exactly how you're going to get saved. You're not going to get saved any other way. You're not going to get saved by a person, by a place, by a denomination, by a church, by a person. You'll get saved by faith through grace or you will not get saved at all. So friends, listen, the Bible tells us what the law could not do. In verse number three, Uh, before we get into that, let's talk about this for just a few minutes, friends. So listen, so we see the law of the spirit of life. So we we still live under law. Um, But listen, we live, Jesus tells us this in the gospel. He said, I came not to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. And and listen, before we even get into verse number three, I told you to stick your finger over in the third chapter of the book of Galatians. We're going to go there now. So third chapter of the book of Galatians. Uh, and we're going to read to you out of ver- uh, chapter number three, <clears throat> Galatians chapter three. Uh, we're going to start reading in verse number six. The Bible says, "Even as Abraham believed God, and it was a- and it was accounted to him for righteousness." Know you therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, "In the shall all." the nations be blessed. So then they that which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. So, uh, and I'm not trying to run too far off course. We want to maintain course here tonight. We're going to try and keep this as concise and as to the point as possible. But as we see this right here, we see that, uh, listen, the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus now is contrasted with the law of sin and death. Like we talked about, we talk about the inheritance of sin. We talk about uh, physical and spiritual death that came because of the imposition of sin. We see that when Moses, uh, when he went up on on Sinai and he received the commandments and all the amendments that went along with it, uh, the Levitical law that was handed down to him, that was the revelation of sin. We see that. Uh, The Bible tells us here. In the fifth chapter of the book of Romans, if you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. It said, listen, in verse number 20, uh, chapter 5, verse number 20, it says, More of the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That is, sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. So now we see that we uh, we have this revelation of sin that is brought before us—that's the process of conviction that we've talked about so many times—is conviction real, preacher? Absolutely, that conviction is real. The Bible said in John sixteen, He said, "Listen, and when the Spirit has come, when the Comforter is come, He will reprove or He will convict the world of sin." That's what Jesus was talking about in John chapter three. He said, "I came to seek and to save that which was lost." Amen. Friends, He came to seek and and he came to save. He is the initiator. He is the seeker. He is the saver. He is all things. Friends, listen, we can't do anything without him. The Bible tells us in Acts 17, verse number 28, in him we live and move and have and possess our being. So, friends, listen, what the what the Bible was telling us right here, he says, now listen, this has this now transitioned. We no longer live in the law of sin and death. The, we no longer are, are inheritors of condemnation because we are in Christ. You must be in Christ to not have condemnation. You must be in Christ uh, to not be under uh, the burden of the law of sin and death. But glory to God, friends, listen, because we are in Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation Because we are in Christ, we have received the spirit of life that is in Christ. So friends, listen, we have received an eternal inheritance when we by faith through grace, according to Ephesians chapter number two, verse number eight, when we by faith through grace receive, uh, listen, that wonderful gift which he has paid and given for us, ransom for us on the cross of Calvary. And as we're pressing our way toward the, uh, what we celebrate is Good Friday and what we celebrate is Easter, the resurrection of our Savior. Uh, listen, hey, it didn't all end on Calvary, uh, but listen, it was completed at the resurrection. And we want to say, friends, listen tonight, uh, that we can tr- uh, take... A great solace and what a consolation it is to us that through the work of our Savior Jesus Christ. You know the Bible tells us is in Ephesians two and eight, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, but it is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. And that's what Paul is referring to here multiple times. It is not by your meritorious works. It is not by your righteousness. It is not by anything that you personally can do, but it is solely and wholly upon the work of Christ. It is solely and wholly upon the work of Christ. The reason that I read to you over here in the third chapter of Galatians, uh, verse number eight is a wonderful verse, just over and above all things. But we want to get down to, to uh, some latter uh, scripture in the twenty-third verse. But we're going to read through this because this is important scripture. It says, "For as many uh, for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, cursed is every one that continueth not in things which are written in the book of the law to do them.' But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident." Uh, For the judge shall live by faith. And so uh, we see this. This is Paul here once again. He's hammering home. Listen, you're not saved by works. You're not saved by the law. You're saved by faith, just as Abraham was saved by faith. And listen that wonderful declaration that was made in Genesis chapter number 15 and verse number 5 when God made the covenantal promise with Abraham and he told him he said he said uh, listen thy seed shall be as the sands of the seashore and as the stars of heaven that was the gospel of our Savior the gospel that was preached to Abraham we've seen it in its fullness we have experienced it in its fullness we can testify uh, listen that the sands of the sea and the stars of heaven are the children of God, those that believe by faith and are saved. Glory, hallelujah, uh, unto eternal life. The Bible said uh, in verse 12, And the law is not of faith, but that man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, hallelujah, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Now listen to this. In verse number 13, this gets in. uh, When we're studying about the Easter Easter celebration, what is the crucifixion? You've heard me say this numerous times. Uh, Friends, Christ was more than a representative. Christ was our substitute. Christ is our substitute. He was cursed for us. He was, uh, listen, our burdens, our uh, iniquities, our abominable sins were laid upon him. He is made a curse for us. And he said, cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. Now listen to verse number 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be uh, but a man's covenant. Yet if it be confirmed, no man disknoweth or addeth thereunto. Now to Abraham and his seed. Uh, that word seed is not plural. It is one word. We are born into one family. And we'll get to this right here. Uh, uh, listen, and to his seed were the promises made, he saith not, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. You see, the the message that was preached to Abraham, uh, listen, in, in, in Genesis 12 and 13, 14, 15, all the way up to 17, as we tried to preach on last Sunday morning, uh, we tried to preach on the ram that was caught uh, in the thorns in the thicket. Uh, Friends, listen, as we examine that, we see that that gospel that was preached to Abraham, that's what he believed. It wasn't because that he offered his son Isaac. It was that he believed God. Uh, Friends, listen, it's because he believed. People need to understand today. It's not anything meritorious that we can do. It's not what we can do. It's not what we can say. It's not how much we can preach. It's not uh, how much that we can labor. Uh, Friends, I believe those are good things. I believe those are things that we should do. I believe we'll be rewarded for them. Amen? Uh, Listen, I believe that those are all things that should follow Follow salvation, friends, but you cannot depend on those things for salvation. That is the error of many. Now, the Bible says this, and this I say, verse 17, this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul. that it should make the promise of none effect. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Wherefore, then, serve the law, it was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Amen. What a tremendous verse. It says, wherefore then serveth the law. It was added because of transgressions. You see, because of our transgression and sin, the law therefore had to be added. Why? Why did the law have to be added? Because of our transgressions. It was because it was to be our schoolmaster. It was to show us the error of our ways. It was to bring to fullness the conviction, uh, friends, listen, that ever lied before us. And realize that we are therefore guilty, not of Adam's sin, but of our sin. Listen, it was added because of transgressions to the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by the hands, by angels in the hand of a mediator. May I could preach an hour and a half on that one verse. Listen, it says, now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? This is a question he said, God forbid, for if there had been a law given, which could have given life. I want you to pay attention to this verse now. Uh, is the law then against the promises of God? He's asking the question, is the law, is God's righteous law, is it against the promises of God? He says, God forbid. Absolutely not. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. So what is he saying? He's saying, if it were physically possible, which it is not, uh, if it were, if you were physically capable, which you are not, you could live to the righteous, perfect merits of the law and therefore satisfy the righteousness of God. But the scripture tells us in verse 22, anybody who was listening that thought that they could ever get themselves in that kind of shape. Uh, listen, uh, and I believe Paul was probably writing to a lot of people who thought that they could get themselves into that shape. And I believe half the church today, I think, I uh, listen, I believe half the church, uh, listen, thinks that they could live a righteous life, uh, acceptable enough to merit them righteousness and acceptable enough to save them. Uh, listen, I believe that they're, uh, listen, we contest with the same people that Paul contested with, and he fixed it in verse 22. He said, But the scripture hath concluded all under sin. Amen? All, the word pos. Uh, listen, all without exception, not without ex- uh, distinction. All without exception or under sin. That the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them, that Believe. But before faith came, we were kept on the law, shut up under faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Now I could spend a whole other hour just dealing with the third chapter of the book of Galatians, and we're going to get back over here into this. But we see this contrast that Paul has made. And therefore, we see this, uh, what Jesus was talking about. He said, uh, listen, he said, I came not to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. Why did he come to fulfill the law? Because it was the righteousness of God. And therefore, because he has fulfilled the righteousness of the law, he has set us free from the law of sin and death. We are therefore no uh, no more inheritors of condemnation, but we have been made and set new because we've never received the spirit of life. Verse three, the Bible said for what the law cannot do and that it was weak through the flesh, God sent in his own son the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. I, I wanna say this, friends, listen, as we get into this just briefly, uh, I, I know that I've taken a lot of time already. It says for what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh. What is he talking about? He's talking about our inability. Our, my inability, your inability as person, as humanity. Uh, We did not have the ability, uh, therefore, to sustain or fulfill the law. What the law could not do and that it was weak. Through the flesh. That means that we could not satisfy, we could not satisfy the righteousness of the law. We could not satisfy the merits of law. So the Bible says God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, a condemned sin in the flesh. Now friends, listen, I want to talk about something. We've talked about this at great length in Romans chapter number five. We talked about inherited sin and inherited guilt. I want us to understand this. Because this is important. When Christ came in the, in, in the incarnate, in the Emmanuel, when the second person of the Trinity showed himself, he was 100% man. He was 100% man. He therefore retained his imago day. He retained his nature, his spiritual nature, uh, the image of God. He retained those things because he was before the world began. But friends, listen, we need to understand this. He came in our flesh. He came as a substitute for our flesh, as a representative to humanity in the flesh. But he literally possessed our flesh. He literally possessed all the sin and inclination that bore upon uh, that bears upon us. He, bear, he bore in his own body is what the Bible says. He came, listen, in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. Amen. Friends, listen, and we'll get to condemn sin in just a minute, but I want you to hear me when I say this. that we uh, Listen, uh, God sent in his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. Amen. So he sent Christ came incarnate in this human body, and he was 100% man, just like me, just like you. And because of that, therefore, friends, listen, he did not inherit guilt. If we inherited guilt, the incarnate of God would have inherited guilt. This is a bunker buster big enough for me. Amen. Friends, listen, he came 100% in the likeness of sinful flesh. And sinful flesh, therefore, does not obtain nor does it inherit inherited guilt because if the incarnate of God had received in likeness what most people would leverage today and say that we uh, receive or we are inheritors of guilt, then Christ would have been condemned at conception. But friends, listen, we have glory in the fact that he came and he condemned sin. In the flesh, Amen. Because he was not guilty of sin, he therefore clothed and robed himself, as the Book of Philippians tells us. He robed himself, uh, listen, with this sinful flesh, uh, and he became equal. The Bible says because he thought it not robbery uh, to make himself equal with God is what the Bible tells us. So, friends, listen. I I know that I kind of got off on a tangent, but I wanted to drive that point home. that may not mean anything to you, uh, but it has significant theological uh, implications, friends. Listen, because Christ came in our likeness, and therefore he was not guilty, but he, uh, he took upon, he, he clothed and robed himself with the inheritance of this sinful flesh. He himself was not sinful, but the flesh. Uh, friends, listen, the Bible tells us that he condemned sin in his body, in his flesh, That's where our sin went. Friends, listen, he was more than our representative when he hung upon the cross of Calvary. I listen, and he looked up under the Father and he said, "Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is to be interpreted, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Oh, friends, listen, he didn't do those things because he did not love us. He didn't do those things because he was trying to represent us. he done those things because he was my substitute. On the cross of Calvary. He was your substitute on the cross of Calvary. Uh, friends, listen, and his darkness fell on Calvary's hill for three hours. Uh, listen, hey, friends, the Bible declares that when uh, the sun peeked back out, uh, listen, over the wings of the angels that had sat down into the second heaven, uh, waiting on the cry of the Son of God. Uh, the Bible tells us, uh, listen, hey, that he looked up into the heavens and he declared, it is finished. The substitute was satisfied. He gave up the ghost, the Bible tells us. and listen, I'm getting on my Easter message here tonight, but how can you not? Amen. What a Savior that we serve. Uh, listen, I'll get on with this now uh, so we don't take up so much time uh, here, friends, tonight. We'll get this uh, uploaded here for you pretty quick. Uh, that way you can enjoy it before it gets too late. But the Bible says that the righteousness of the law uh, might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things uh, of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. So, friends, listen, the Bible's talking about here in verse number five, for they that are after the flesh. Listen, a lot of times this is often referred to as people who are living in the flesh, who are doing sinful things. And I believe the contrast is drawing us here uh, more closely. If we see uh, the the spirit of the letter that this is written in, he's talking about fleshly righteousness. He's still talking about people that are trying to fulfill the merits of Christ and and receive forgiveness by fulfilling for fleshly righteousness. They're trying to I, uh, he's still drawing the contrast of the law. So, Francis and they're trying to live by the merits of the law and therefore obtain a fleshly righteousness. He said they that are after fleshly righteousness. If you if you'll read it that way, if you'll allow me to say it that way for they that are after fleshly righteousness, do mind the things. Of the flesh. See, they're concentrated wholly on what they do and what they can give and what they can provide and who can see them and who can hear them and what they've done and what good things that they've done. But the Bible says, but they that are after the Spirit, what Spirit are we after? Look at verse 2. We're after the Spirit of life because that's the law that we now uh, therefore possess because we are in Christ. Amen. It says, "For they that are after the flesh, fleshly righteousness, they mind the things of fleshly righteousness. But they that are after the uh, the the spirit of life and the law of the spirit, I, I listen. Uh, they that are after those things, that they're after the 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 righteousness that we can find the eternal life that is only in the spirit of life, which He hath. Therefore." given us if we believe by faith now the bible says in verse six for to be carnally minded is death if you want to retain and try and attempt at to to righteously justify yourself through the merits of the law the end of that is death it always has been and it always will will be but he says to be spiritually minded to, to retain the spirit of life, to live in the law of the spirit of life. Friends, listen, if we live in that spirit and we live in that mind, the Bible tells us that it's life and peace. It's eternal life and eternal Peace, Amen. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Now, listen, that means it's separated from God. The carnal mind. What are we talking about? Carnally minded things. We're talking about fleshly things. What are we talking about? We're talking about fulfilling the law of righteousness. We're talking about. Uh, we're talking about uh, trying to uh, uh, achieve things in this flesh. But the Bible says this carnal mind that it's death. We've got to have a spiritual mind. How do we receive a spiritual mind? We believe in the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. Amen. But the Bible says, but the mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can it be. Amen. Friends, I'm glad that there, and listen, you've heard me preach on this. I preached several messages on this. We talked about it a few Wednesday nights ago. When whatever I can remember, maybe in the fifth chapter, when we talk about the new man, Amen. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Well, therefore, when old things are passed away, behold, all things, all things, have therefore become new. Amen. It says, because the of mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to uh, to the law of God. Neither indeed can it be. It says, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Amen? Friends, listen, Uh, there's nothing in this body that we can do or that we can offer that we can say that would merit us righteousness. You see, friends, listen, Paul is drawing this conclusion again. He's drawing this contrast between faith and works. Friends, and listen, I'm here to declare to you tonight. Uh, listen, for the umpteenth billion time, friends, and the Scripture declares it multiple in, um, in, in multiple places and multiple occasions. Faith is the contrast of work. Faith is not meritorious. It is listen, there's nothing that we do. In, the Bible tells us that he is the seeker. He is the saver. He has given us all a measure of faith. Friends, listen, uh, listen we didn't even cultivate that faith. Christ provided that faith for us. It is part of our Imago Dei. Right, listen, that's, that's why it's, it's innate to who we are. We just got to exercise it and believe upon Jesus. Verse number nine. But you are, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. And so be it that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Amen. That's as clear as that can possibly be. Amen. If you do not possess the spirit of God, if it does not dwell in you, and if you don't have the spirit of Christ, you are not part of God's family. You must be indwelt by the spirit. You must be saved. You must be born again. Uh, friends, listen, and the Bible says uh, in verse 10, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Amen. And if Christ be in you, amen. Listen, this is the repetition of the understanding of the salvific will of God is to know that we must be in Christ and Christ must be in us. Amen. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, he this body. The Bible tells us, he wrote, Paul wrote to us in 1 Corinthians 15, 53. The Bible tells us that this fleshly body shall not inherit uh, righteousness. Uh, listen, that this fleshly body, it's not going into that place. Uh, this corruptible cannot inherit incorruption. This mortal cannot inherit immortality. So, friends, listen, we see the conclusion of this. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. Remember what I told you when we went through, we covered the third chapter of the book of Romans. Righteousness and justification, they're synonymous terms in the Greek. And listen, so we, but, we've re, but we've received the spirit of life because of righteousness or because we have been declared justified. Amen. In verse 11, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, You see the difference of language in verse 10 and 11. And if Christ be in you, in verse 11, the Bible says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead be in you, amen? Friends, listen, we see here the uh, interlocutor. Uh, of the Holy Spirit that we draw on and what a mystery of Christ uh, that it is. What a mystery of God that the Trinity is, that the function and the operative works of the Trinity of God is. But I'm glad that we have this inter-wrangling uh, uh, and we have this uh, infusion of the Spirit of God, sealing them of the Spirit. Listen, in the declaration of the Father, we see the culmination of that in our salvation. Can we explain it in its entirety? Absolutely not. I'm not sure, uh, in all honesty, if anybody can. Uh, listen, it's a great mystery of God, the Trinity is, but I'm glad that I believe in it. Amen. I'm glad, listen, I don't understand how he created the earth, but I believe that he did. I don't understand in its entirety how exactly, specifically, molecularly, and electrically. I don't understand exactly how a light bulb works when I flip the switch. I know what it takes. I know you got lead wires, ground wires, and common wires. I know that you have to close a circuit, but I really can't comprehend electricity. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm not going to stop using electricity until I figure out how it works. Amen? Friends, there's too many people today. They're putting us. God. They're pressing things to the side. They're saying, I don't believe it because I don't understand it. Bless God, we serve an eternal, immortal, eternal creator. There's things that we just can't understand in this mortal body pertaining to this carnal mind. There's things that we just can't understand, but glory to God, that means I don't, listen, I'm not going to stop believing them because I can't understand them like I want to. I still believe them. Amen. I hope you do. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwelleth in you. Amen. Uh, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. Listen, we don't owe this flesh anything. It says for verse number 13, for if you live after the flesh, you shall die. Amen. This is the second or third, or what is this, the fourth iteration that we have uh, of death and condemnation and dying. Uh, friends, listen, and, and every one of them is in, in uh is in application to fleshly righteousness. And listen, it says, For if you live after flesh, after the flesh or fleshly righteousness, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. We're gonna wind this up. Here pretty quick uh, as we get into this. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And I don't want to run through this too too quickly. We may pick back up here just in verse number 14 when we start back because I want to treat this right. Listen, it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. They are the sons and the daughters of God. Amen. Where God has a son or daughter, I have a brother and a sister. Amen. And it does not matter. Creed, race, color, denomination does not matter uh, what we think about it. What you think about it It does not matter what I think about it. It matters what God thinks about it. Amen. Listen, for they are the sons of God. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. How are you led by the Spirit? Uh, friends, listen, uh, we don't live under fleshly righteousness; we live by faith. We've already talked about this. It says, For ye have not received the spirit of uh, bondage, again, the fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Amen. We have received the spirit of adoption. We have received the spirit of, Adoption Adoption is not yet complete. We'll get to that in verse number 23 next week when we talk about, uh, listen, what the fullness of the adoption is. We've only received the spirit of adoption. We've only been betrothed uh, to the husbandman friends, listen, I'm glad that we're looking for that great and glorious day. Listen, when we not only see the, uh, not only possess the spirit of adoption, but we know adoption and fullness. Not only, listen, when we are betrothed to Christ, but when we are married, when we hear into that great marriage supper and we go in together on that glorious day when we can celebrate the fullness. Paul said this, he said, I see now through a glass darkly, but one day face to face, he said, I know in part, but one day I shall know in full. Amen. That's what it means. Friends, listen to I me. Mean, we, we have the spirit of adoption because we've been born again by faith through grace that we receive uh, the wonderful grace that the, the Lord Jesus Christ has uh, uh, that we've received through uh, the imputation of his righteousness. Listen, we've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Amen. We can call God the Father, the first person. We can call him Daddy other that's the relationship that we have if we've been saved now verse number 16 the bible tells us this the spirit itself bear witness witness with our spirit that we are the children of god so many people today they say preacher i don't know if i'm saved verse number 16 the bible said the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are that we are the children of God. Does God want you to know that you're safe? Absolutely. He wants you to know that you're safe. He wants you to know without question. He wants you to know without reservation. He wants you to know with absolute certainty. He wants you to have absolute assurance. The Bible tells us in First John chapter 5, whosoever believeth that Jesus is, the, uh, Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him, that uh, that is, Begat loveth uh, him also that is begotten of uh, begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His, uh, and his commandments are not grievous. For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Friends, listen. We can have assurance. We can have. Uh, listen, absolute Cartesian certainty of our destination in eternity. We can uh, we can rejoice in the fact that we know that we have been uh, made free, that we are set in right standing. We can uh, uh, we can uh, relish in the fact that we've received the Spirit of adoption. But listen, in the spirit of adoption, the Bible says that that same spirit it bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Quit running so fast and looking for so many things. Get quiet. Be still and listen to the voice, the still small voice and know that you are a child of God. And if children than heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. And we believe that'd be all uh, that we'd probably say on this tonight. And far as we'll go, we uh, honestly took more time than we intended. Uh, But I love the precious word of God. Uh, I hope that you've enjoyed tonight. I hope that uh, you can take time to listen and study through the word of God. Timber Ridge, we love you. Those others that would listen, we love you. We're praying for you. We know this is a challenging time. I know that people are living through challenging circumstances in their life, whether it's work or school uh, or, or professional or finances. I know that there's a lot of people having a really hard time right now, but I'm glad that we can put our trust and confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ and know and we can know that we've been saved by the glorious grace of our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're looking forward to seeing you Sunday morning. Uh, We're going to be having uh, Easter drive-in service at Timber Ridge. It'll be 7 o'clock in Timber Ridge, 4895 Timber Ridge Road in Gainesville, Georgia. Come be with us. Uh, If you don't have anywhere to go, we will say this. Uh, Remember, we have the governor's orders in place We do have a mandate to stay inside our vehicles, and we would ask you to abide and observe by those things. We do want to get together, but we do want to uh, recognize uh, our leaders and our officials and what they are directing us to do for the safety of others, so we invite you to come be with us, ask you that you remain in your vehicles. We do have a radio transmitter Uh, Brother Eric has got and uh, put all that stuff together, so Uh, The radio station will be available where you'll be able to sit in your car. You'll be able uh, to leave your windows up and you'll be able to listen to the message that morning. But it'll be
0: good, nevertheless, just to see each other uh, and say, I love you from a distance. God bless you. I hope that the Lord watches over and keep you. We love you in Jesus name.